All right, welcome into the Three Fantasy Boys podcast. Um, before we get into this week's show of the week four preview, um, we wanted to stop and dedicate this this episode to a friend of ours, friend of the show, friend of the friend of Ryan and I, a uh, former coworker that we worked with. He passed in the last few weeks um, after a long fight with cancer, um, and that's Matt Palacios. Um, so Matt was someone that I personally connected with very much over football. Um, he was a former football player. I believe he played at Northwood University where he went to school uh, up in Michigan. Um, and he just loved talking ball. Anything about it, you know, huge Lions fan, just like all of us in Michigan. But um, I just remember coming into work on Saturdays after a rugby game and just looking forward to talk, you know, sitting behind the bar with Matt after work and just talking football that's coming up on Sunday or even on Sundays, you know, serving brunch and just watching the games with him, get, getting lost in a game for a few for a few uh, minutes while we're trying to serve service. Uh, tripping over my words here, but, you know, serve the front of house or whatever. Ryan, I know you ha- had a pretty close relationship with him as well. Yeah, he was a... He was a strong bastard, man, and he went through yeah. a lot, and he was definitely one of the personalities and one of the people that helped get me through the serving and bartending that we all kind of did together at that restaurant, The Root, and it was sometimes it was just great just to shoot the shit with him, especially when we had some interesting bar patrons, and he usually always had a the funniest joke to say about him and uh i'm definitely gonna miss him and he was a hell of a fantasy football player too absolutely and that was that was gonna be my other point is like we played in a league with them last year Uh, i think that you guys have been in that league for a while but that was my first time joining that league with you guys even though you know we had talked football way long before that but um like you 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 made you had a funny story kind of a funny story where he was still you know, all the way up and him battling cancer and going through all this shit like he was um, up until his last days, he was still like sending you trade offers, right? Or, yep. Uh, yeah. the la- my last couple of texts to Matt, uh, one, he he made a uh, really nice, because he was really, he had a lot of time off during his treatment and he made a really cool dresser and it was kind of Halloween theme. He wanted to give it to Mo. And then that was one of the last couple of texts, but the last few, he was trying to, he said he wanted to shake things up in the league, and we were, he was trying to make a deal, like a big one, he had Kelsey, and it was going to probably be like, for me to grab Kelsey from him, it was going to be something like, because I had Kittle, it would have had to been my Kittle and my best running back for Kelsey, but yeah, that was, those are the last couple of texts, was even up to the end, he was trying to shake things up in the league. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta love that. Yeah, I, I absolutely love that story because I, I, you know, like I said, I I really connected with Matt over football and ultimate football guy. Love fantasy football, super competitive in the league. Like, just loved it, man. And he is gonna be very much so missed. Uh, I know not just by us, but his family. Uh, you know, our other coworkers, his friends, just everybody that that knew him. Really, I think he had an impact on their life. So, um, so yeah, let's get into the show. But we wanted to start start by uh, giving a shout out and dedicating the show to Matt. Rest in peace. 
right, welcome into the Three Fantasy Boys podcast. We're your hosts, myself, Mikey Mize, uh, and my other host with me, Ryan Sams. We are missing Steve Duncan. Uh, he's got some family priorities to, to attend to, so we're just going to roll week four preview without him. We don't even need him. So how about that? Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Suck so it, Steve. Steve. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Steve. Just kidding, Steve. We love you. Uh, come back soon. Um, yeah, so today we're just going to break down some news, get into some of the week four matchups, highlight some players that you should be starting or playing on your fantasy team and players that you probably shouldn't be starting and playing on your fantasy team this week. Ryan, how you doing, my friend? Doing good, doing good, getting ready for week four. Uh, there is no video on my side. Currently, uh, my wife and I, usually during October, we do a little uh, Halloween feast for some friends and family. And uh, we've just been getting that prepped up. We're doing like a six-course dinner this year, so she's been decorating. And I've just been cooking my ass off for the past couple of days. But still trying to get some fantasy in. Uh, Very nice. You guys, you? Sacrif- you guys sacrifice a goat, is that correct? That is correct. It's going to be... Or, a, is it a, or is it a child, a human child? Well, we're, we haven't told her sister yet, but uh, <laughs> she is pregnant, and there will be a sacrifice <laughs> when they enter the house. There will I'm be not a sh- blood offering. <laughs> there's going to be. I'm not sure how she's going to take it. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Um, yeah. Not much on my side, just getting ready to sell my house, which is as stressful, if not more, than buying a house. Um, just pretty much working your tail off from the moment you get up from till the moment you go to sleep. Uh, trying to get the house ready and, you know, all that. But it's exciting stuff. This time next year we'll be doing our show in person as I'm getting ready to move back to Michigan, getting out of the military. So, yeah, pretty... Um, Pretty juiced about it. Let's go, <laughs> Mike. Like I'm about said, to well, make a billion on that house. Yes, sir. I'm about to. I'm about to make a make a nice, pretty little dime uh, on this pad. Not just kidding. I'll be lucky if I break even. Nah. <laughs> anyway, let's get into some news. So uh, we got some news for you guys from the NFL landscape. Start with Tom Brady and the Bucks just being. I don't know, a super team or how do, how would you say just like, you know, the imperial um dark side of the force, you know, they just recruit whoever they want whenever they want. They signed uh Richard Sher- Sherman who's coming to play defense with them as if their defense wasn't already good enough. Um Richard Sherman, yeah, he's a little bit older, but I think he still brings a veteran presence to that team. Not really fantasy relevant um unless you're playing unless you have players on your team that are playing the Bucks, in which case probably maybe don't play those as much, <laughs> play yeah. those guys as much. Um, but yeah. yeah, a little fun news for the Bucks. The, the Bucks are all team geriatric now. I think with the yeah, they really are. <laughs> you know, yeah, they they yeah, don't the, do chicken breast and white rice. They give their players like really soft foods, <laughs> pea puree, applesauce. Oval team. They are the nursing home. Yeah, <laughs> you know? They are the nursing home of, of the league, that's for sure. Um, Brady is 44, man. Like, imagine being 44 years. Like, I know people that are 44 that look like they have been to hell and back. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, uh, I mean, I'm 28, and some days I feel like I've been to hell and back, and Brady's 44 just out there, like, 
dodging sacks from Aaron Donald like maniac. Yeah. It's the Think avocado ice cream. Avocado tequila. I'm also convinced people that rich, they bathe in some co- sort of human blood. <laughs> it's just, it's it's baby's blood, just like the old days. <laughs> just like the old days. <laughs> just like the old days. Is that a thing? <laughs> Absolutely it was. Did uh, I something? What was, uh, I can't remember. It was a, uh, like an old queen or something like that. Maybe it was, I can't remember her name, but yeah, she was known for, uh, I guess, killing babies and uh, swimming in their blood in a bathtub. That's pretty cool. Right. <laughs> I'm going to have to take your word for it. Um, not exactly what I would call, you know, just like the old days. <laughs> not, well, okay, not maybe part. I guess we could say old, old days. How many olds yeah. did we add in that? Like right. 14 yeah, not- olds? Not the first reference that I think of when I think of the old days, the good old days. <laughs> the good old days. <laughs> bathing, <laughs> bathing in blood. You know, I think of like old-timey, like 40s swing music. <laughs> you know? Here we go. Yeah, not, it was... Uh, not bathing in baby's blood, not necessarily. The queen was Elizabeth... Oh, no, it's a countess. That's a cop-out. That's a cop-out. <laughs> Every queen is Elizabeth. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Bathory. And I, I'm not making this up because I'm going to Wikipedia. And, of course, it's <laughs> Wikipedia's that's true. Where the truth, that, that's where the truth comes from. Yes, for real. it's always Wikipedia. So we're 1500s. So, yeah, so it's like the old, 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 four old days. Olds. Yeah, no, I think four olds is good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't knock it till you try it. Yeah. That's what if I you always say. baby's blood, you don't know what you're missing. I'll yep. tell you that for free. Absolutely. Start with lamb's blood. Like a baby <laughs> lamb, baby veal. Yeah. Doesn't dip have to be toe. human right off right, the bat. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to jump into the deep end yeah. with the blood. Seriously. <laughs> Football, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Brady, he's a, you know, he's a mystic. If anybody does it, I would say Tom Brady for sure. But, it's got to um, be Tom Brady. Yep. I, hey, yeah, I'm, be a fun one. 100%. I'm telling you, if he releases another TB12 book and says that he bathes in baby's blood, a thousand million people are going to buy it and they're going to do it as well. There are going to be a hundred thousand kids missing because of that book. Called it. I believe it. And he's, he just, he just, um, opened up a new, another new clothing line, which is like, um, Kind of like a GQ clothing brand, not like his TB12 athletic clothing, I think, but like Rico Suave, like Mark Wahlberg model. Okay. Yeah, so he's probably got baby's blood laced all, all through those clothes, <laughs> it, don't, if I were to guess. Don't hate the player, they hate the game. <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, the, that, that's what's going on with the Bucks. <laughs> Interesting things coming out of Tampa Bay. Yeah, in short, yeah, <laughs> baby's blood. Um, in other news, <laughs> we got um, so Dalvin Cook. A lot of people that have Dalvin Cook on their team, you know, got all worried that he was going to go on IR and all this, but he's actually returned to practice. He's been limited, but it's a good sign that he's actually practicing. So um, likely to see him sooner rather than later. Even though Alexander Madison had that, you know, he had a pretty good week last week. He looked fine. Um, but Dalvin Cook should be coming back soon. If he was like a really nice Dalvin Cook Jr. Yeah. And you're Dalvin probably Cook happy if you picked him up. Yep, Dalvin Cook Light. And he looks a little bit like Dalvin Cook, too. Like on the field, they have dreads, you know. 
similar body type. Back. Yeah. Yeah. Shifty as hell. Yep. Um, so yeah, that worked out, but I think the deal's over with him. I think Dalvin Cook's coming back. Um, how long to, how long can he stay healthy? Yeah. Is the question. He's always kind of been that guy too, right? Like he's always been the guy that like, he's going to miss like spurts of two to three games at a time for whatever. Um, I bet they, they bring back his usage a little bit, especially the way that, uh, Madison showed, you know, he did pretty well. They might split the backfield up a little bit more. I would. I mean, I think that would be the smarter play. I'm not a coach, but I think people that have Cook expect to see his usage come back like 10% probably. Right, and I mean, he's a 27-year-old running back as it is. You know, um, we know the we know the shelf life on these guys per se, but like, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah, like you said, kind of tape your expectations for that. Um, we know the shelf life yeah. of those types besides the king, and that is yeah. the king Henry. Well, when you do play workouts like him, yeah. yeah, when you do workouts like him, have you seen him like with like a fifty pound chain around his neck, standing on like a tight rope, like bench pressing? Well, that's <laughs> like the thing. Pounds during the podcast that uh, it was Steve and I did when we were. It was I think it was the one you missed when we were talking about the division. That was a part, like, we need to clip that as well and maybe get that out because there are a lot of people, like, talking about Henry naysayers and things like that. In that podcast, I highlighted that. Like, the dude takes one day off a year. He takes one day off, and then he's just training. You know what I mean? And I love to talk about Derrick Henry just because he's the best running back in the game. But... And it's for a reason, like you said. It, he just like is puts in puts in that work. Is uh, and just like as as physically gifted as he is, naturally you wouldn't expect that. You know, you see a lot of guys that kind of dominate their way through high school and college game based on their you know physical attributes. Where he has the work ethic and the fit, like just a rare, just a rare combination to see. Um. And I, I would agree. It's that, a, yeah. That and, is a, that's a good point, though. But and also... I, I figured you would highlight it, because you're like, you've, you know, you're like his biggest fan, let's be honest. Just like walking, just watching the way he runs. He's just, he's north and south. He's not shifty. He doesn't make these weird cuts, uh, a la how Christian McCaffrey got hurt, you know, last week, where he did like that, he'll do like those weird little bunny hop like jumps to kind of get a boost of speed acceleration. He, he pulled his hammy. He, right, you, right. You're never going to have to worry about him hurting an ankle a la Dalvin Cook because of the way that Dalvin Cook runs. You know, the last time he he was hurt, I think it was a couple of years ago, he had a hamstring issue. But just the way that he runs, he doesn't really get ta- tackled like one-on-one. He just falls on guys. You know, he's right. not going to get hurt by somebody. He's just kind of like, I'm Gets a wrecking a body ball. moving forward. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. And yeah. like four guys got to bring him down. And he's like, all right, but that didn't hurt. You right. know, he, Absolutely. he's amazing. And I, I send him yeah. letters every day and <laughs> I got a restraining order in the mail. <laughs> Cut off one of his dreadlocks, you know, in, the, in their locker room. Just Take send me it. it. I, I want the whole Sleep thing. 
Because yeah. every, every time I see him running, it reminds me of Jabba the Hutt's tail. <laughs> I'm just, I'm like, <laughs> I've actually thought that same thing. You that know? thing looks kind of nasty, to be yeah. honest with you. <laughs> you don't see it. It's got to hurt when like you get a, hit by it, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, it does. It looks like a horse's tail, like just knotted up, just hasn't, <laughs> hasn't bathed. Yeah, it looks awful. But DBs are like trying to f- dodge out of the way. Right. It matches It matches the persona of King Henry. <laughs> um, staying in, well, so we're not really staying, but we kind of talked about Dalvin Cook staying in the NFC North in that regard. Um, Matt Nagy still has no clue how to run a football team in case you didn't know until now. Um doesn't know who his starter is. I mean, he says Andy Dalton's the one, and Fields is the two, and Nick's the three. But what does that really mean? He still has something in plan for Justin Fields. Um, even if Justin Fields gets on the field, there's going to be some kind of, like, <laughs> strange, questionable, like, play calling, I'm sure. Um, and there's also, like, this nobody really knows who's calling the offensive plays for the Bears. So just as a, you know... As they say, the, the proverbial shit show going on in Cleveland. Um, so, t- yeah, maybe don't start any of the receivers or the quarterbacks in Cleveland. That's, or, uh, yeah, that's, that's the thing, man. My Ellen Robinson was crying. Because uh, in one of the leagues that, we, that we're that we in, I drafted him as my wide receiver one because I went two, two running back first. And it hurts. And who... I maintain that Justin Fields wasn't ready, and I kind of think that he held him out just because of that, also to help save his job for next year. But if you really didn't, if you really thought he wasn't ready, why didn't you just start Nick Foles instead of Justin Fields? Like, if you don't have a package of plays in your playbook that will kind of highlight his skill set, you know, and if you're just going to run the same dang offense essentially that you did with. Uh, Andy Dalton, what's the point, really? You know, just throw Nick Foles in behind that disgusting line and let him get, you know, smacked around because I watched the majority of that game and it was rough. And it's everyone's trying to blame Nagy. Is it Fields? It's just a bunch of everything. You know, it's not having uh, a nice set of plays for Justin Fields. It's the line being it's it's just in shambles because he didn't have any time to throw the pocket would collapse and he just got he got clobbered it was it it sucked to see he did i agree and um big cat and pft on part of my take they highlight that (laughs) a lot because big cat is a uh, chicago bears fan i listen to them often Mm. um and they had a lot of good points like but I agree with them, like, looking at the game. When you watch it back, it's like, you're right. Like, they they absolutely did run the same packages that they had for Dalton for Justin Fields, and there's no pocket movement. There's no, like, there's just no, like, gadget quarterback plays, you know, that, that, that would be up Justin Fields' alley. There was yeah. nothing for him to thrive. It's just, like, stay in the pocket with this awful offensive line and get sacked because you don't know any better and, like, Make something out of nothing with nothing to make. You know what I mean? It's kind of mm-hmm. like that. And yeah, you're right. It was tough to watch. But and he's a rookie. He's not going to process the field in the way that Dalton does. Like it's going to take him a second. And 
I just wish they would have held out a little bit longer for him because there is so much like raw talent with Justin Fields and his ceiling is just so high if he is handled properly. You know, if if he went to a different team that wasn't <laughs> Matt Nagy's team. So hopefully he does, he's not there much longer. It just every quarterback's different in the way you do you start him right now. Do you wait a couple of years? There's not a, you know, there's not a golden rule for a quarterback. You need a good coaching staff to take the person, analyze him and say, kind of like Bill Belichick, the way that he's, he's starting Mac Jones and Mac Jones isn't doing particularly amazing, but I think that with like Mac Jones, they analyzed his tools, what he can do. And they just, he just knew he was ready. I really wanted Justin Fields to go to the Patriots, you know, and work behind uh, Cam Newton. Because I think that would have been a great place for him to learn, like, as a quarterback. That would have been cool. But unfortunately, he got stuck with Matt Nagy, just like Trubisky. And it's uh, it's not looking good right now. Yep, yep, I agree. It, uh, it's definitely not looking great. Um, luckily for us, we're Lions fans, and the Bears are in our division, so... That's great for let's, us. Let's, let's keep that Matt Nagy train going as yep. long as we can. Please. Um... Matt Nagy, you're doing a great job. Keep it up, bud. Anyway, so, so yeah, that's pretty much the news I got. You know, not too much going on. At, you know, around the league, there's going to be nagging injuries to look out for. Something that most good fantasy players should be watching out for on a daily basis, at least, like, at least check, check like, the news updates, the Rotowire, you know, Reddit, Twitter, however you get your football news, but... You should at least be surveying your pl- the players that you have on your team just in case you do need to pivot, you know, and look for someone maybe on the waiver or, or something like in that nature. But, um, yeah, so just check check the news, man. Just <laughs> Can you just read the news and watch the news? Like, Don't make us tell you again uh, <laughs> or else there's going to be a problem. Um, so, yeah, that's what I got. So let's get into some week four matchups. Start with Thursday night football. We got a barn burner, the Jags and Bengals. Um, so this one's kind of curious, right? Because Urban Meyer just seems in way over his head. Yeah. But do you see it turning around for any of the Jaguars as far as fantasy goes? Well, if I don't know the Jaguars' schedule coming up, hopefully it's a little bit softer. Just like the Jets, they've played some pretty good teams so far. But James Robinson, I mean, it looks like that Urban is kind of realizing that James Robinson is his best offensive player, period. And hopefully he he saw some better usage last week, and you just hope that he continues moving forward with, yeah, we should probably just involve James Robinson more. Like, involve him in the pass game. Let him, you know... Also, it should be... You should be giving the ball to Jane. Like, it should be, your play calling should be run once, run twice with James Robinson, and then pass. When you have James Robinson, you should not be passing on first down. Let him kind of, like, move into space. You know, let him try to make a play. And that way, it'll take some pressure off of Trevor Lawrence. But I, I definitely see James Robinson doing a lot better than people thought this year. And uh, Trevor Lawrence is also, 
Yes, he's throwing a lot of interceptions, but he's making some good plays. He's making some good throws. You know, there there is a lot of potential there for him as a fantasy player in a couple of years. <laughs> not probably not this yep. year though. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> I think um just to go back to like the James Robinson piece really quick. It's like Urban Meyer's just so stuck in his ways of being like a college coach and like you know, his committee of running of all, you know, all great running backs and all these plays that he's got for each of them. Like he's just like so stuck in his ways. It's sad when like even the play by play commentators are like identifying like, wow, James Robinson's really good. Maybe they should use him more, you know? <laughs> like, yep. Um, but I agree with you as far as like Trevor Lawrence is concerned as well. Cause I think either Urban Meyer is going to have to come to his senses and like adapt to the NFL game and let his playmakers make the plays, you know, I, a la James Robinson and Trevor Lawrence, um, and not putting like stupid play calls out there to put his like, quarterback in in trouble and then they get behind and then they're throwing you know the rest of the game yeah like but yeah he just he needs to adapt to the nfl game and i think once that happens you know maybe they'll write the ship but right now it definitely looks kind of sketchy but i would agree james robinson just needs to get more usage and i think he will um when you look at how efficient he is compared to carlos hyde or even any of the other running backs or he's just extremely efficient with the ball he gets chunk plays, you know, pretty often. He's pretty much good anytime he's got the ball in his hands. So just give him the ball more. You know, yep. it's pretty simple. Um, I'm also liking uh, Marvin Jones Jr. I think. I just I think he's a good vet that has developed a pretty good rapport with uh, Trevor Lawrence. So I kind of like him as a play during this game as well. Totally agree. Yeah, I mean, we got used to him, as, you know, as Lions fans. And granted, he did have Stafford and Kenny Galladay being the number one to take a little pressure off. But, you know, Marvin Jones Jr. was always, like, he always was, like, capable of breaking out and having that four-touchdown game. He's a a sure-handed veteran wide receiver. And I think you're right. That's exactly what Trevor Lawrence needs. Um, And I think they do have a great rapport already. What about uh, the old uh, Dan Arnold now in Jacksonville? The postman. The postman. The gym, the gym <laughs> teacher. Yeah, the gym teacher. Yeah. I guess, well, I mean, he was traded for a couple of reasons. Uh, the Panthers need a new cornerback because the one they drafted's hurt. And Jacksonville needs a tight end because the old James O. Hennessy. O'Shaughnessy. There we go. <laughs> James O. Hennessy. <O'Shaughnessy. laughs> <laughs> He's hurt. So it's kind of like, you know, they both kind of, uh, the trade was, you know, good for both sides. But not just that, not just that. But I think uh, we'll talk about this later. But I think the Panthers really like what they had in Tremble, the young guy. Yeah. Um. So they didn't really see it as losing much, you know, getting Postman out of there. Yep. They kind of yeah. They, I mean, because he had a touchdown last game, you know, kind of mm-hmm. out of nowhere, they had a little design play for him. So it looks like they do like what they have in him. So hopefully, it's not a knock against the Postman. But I think that he might see some more targets in that Jaguars offense, especially since they're going to be playing from behind most of the time, you know, right. seeing as how these games have gone thus far. So maybe he'll get more targets in Jacksonville. It's not a guarantee, though. Yeah, the Jaguars have been pretty bad. So. Yeah. I just like the fact that he's tall as hell. He has arms like a, uh, like a, I don't know, 
kind of like Shaq, the wingspan. He's big, yeah. tall. You can just throw it high and he'll catch it with one hand. I caught bowl. But we'll see. <laughs> yeah. You're a long time Dan Arnold truther, so Yep. <laughs> he was he was your gym teacher. I mean how you have to you have to be loyal. So. Yes, exactly. Respect. <laughs> I love <Respect>. you, Dan. <laughs> um Yeah. I mean that matchup is you know, Bengals, whatever, Jamar Chase looks great. Play him. Um I think any of the Bengals receivers are probably great for this matchup. Like I said, the Jaguars have been pretty bad just against any offensive weapons that the other team has. <laughs> yeah. All um, offense on the Bengals, you're happy if you are start. I mean, offensive, the good ones. Right. right. You're happy if you're playing them against Jacksonville this week. Right. Um, so play T. Higgins, you know, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd. I'd be playing those guys. Um, Joe Mixon should have a fine day. And that's really it. I mean, not much, you know, not much meat in that one. Um, so let's go to the NFC North. Let's talk about a little Lions Bears rivalry really quick. So how do you see this shaking out? Because earlier we had Dan Campbell talking about you're going to see a lot more of DeAndre Swift. Um, you know. They were kind of being cautious with him. At least that was the sentiment that Dan Campbell was saying. And that's why he hasn't seen as much field time you know, on game day. But they're talking like they're going to let him loose. Make anything of that? No. I kind of think it's coach speak. I I just don't, I don't see a reason. I mean, he's a great running back to utilize him in a belt cow type role right now. With, with the way that our team is. We're not really playing for playoffs. You have Jamal Williams, who is a talented pass-catching back in his own right. I think that... It, I don't think that it's going to be like, you know, a 70-30 split. I think it's I think it's still going to be the same type of usage. But, but that still means both Lions running backs are startable. You know, DeAndre Swift being a low-end... RB1, high RB2, and Jamal Williams being a flex, you know, just the way that they're utilizing them. Yeah, so you don't see, you're not, you're not sending either of those guys, Swift or Williams, right? Yeah, you know, you don't, you don't sit, you don't sit them. Because uh, let's, I'm going to bring up, uh, I got to find these stats. Real quick. Let's take a look. So we are PPR. DeAndre Swift, right now, in PPR, he's the third highest scoring running back. So what exactly is he going to do to bump him up to one? You know what I mean? The usage that he got so far, he's number three. And then right, and then Jamal Williams is number ten in PPR right now. So Jamal Williams is averaging fifteen point five. DeAndre Swift twenty. So I think it's more his comments are just you know saying, hey, we got a nice back in DeAndre Swift, but I just I definitely I just see the usage the same. But hey, <laughs> if you have either of those guys, your team's doing well. Because DeAndre Swift, definitely he was drafted pretty low. Like he fell 
in the draft. So you probably got him with like maybe a fifth round pick, fourth round pick, and you're probably feeling pretty happy right now with him. Yeah, he's been great, and I think he got a lot of hype. So there was like the, you know, there was the three second year running backs that got a lot of hype. You know, Cam Akers, DeAndre Swift, and uh, J.K. Dobbins, and obviously, you know, the other two guys going down with injury really lets <laughs> whatever DeAndre Swift does in the positive direction shine. And how could you not shine, like you said, being the third running back? So definitely whoever's got him on his team is having a good time. I would be a little apprehensive about playing maybe Jamal Williams in this matchup. I mean, Chicago being a slightly better than average team against the run, they're giving up, giving up about 18 fantasy points per game to the running back. You're still playing Jamal Williams, in my opinion, but you're probably not like super excited about it. You know, hearing this stuff about you know, DeAndre Swift possibly getting more touches. Even if it is coach speak, it's just like stuff you don't want to hear, you know? Yeah. And also <laughs> um, you got to think about, you know, he's still, they're saying the groin's a non-issue, but it's still there and those kind of things linger. True. But with Jamal, like if, you know, you'd play him in a flex spot, if you have someone, let's say like Javante, uh, Javante William, no, wait, what is it? Yeah, Javante Williams Yeah, Denver. Ja- yeah, vet Denver. Like, if you have him, I would say maybe flex Javante over him. Uh, or even if you have, like, Melvin Gordon. Yeah, that's a 50-50 backfield. I consider both of those guys flexes or RB3s. I would definitely play them over Jamal, even though Jamal Williams is doing good. But, yeah, just because of the mas- matchup, like you said. Chicago, they have a pretty good run, D. Okay, who are you playing? All right, I got one for you. Who are you playing out of... Um. Shoot. All right, who are you playing? Chuba Hubbard versus the Cowboys, or Jamal Williams versus the Bears? That's tough. I. Man, that's a good one. I'm just going to go ahead and say Chuba Hubbard. Just because, Agreed. you know, it's he's going to take Christian McCaffrey's spot. I don't think they're going to utilize him to the same extent that you can use a, a Christian McCaffrey. But he's going to get, you know, the first snaps. He's going to get the majority of the carries. He's a great running back. He's not to the point in, you know, his skill set where he can just replace McCaffrey. But I think they're going to, I think they're going to, target they're going to maybe pass a little bit more i think robbie anderson is going to absorb some targets just like he did last year and try to get him involved but i mean he's he's still going to get some great usage and from what you've seen from him so far he's got some good burst he's fast he's shifty he did drop a pass at the goal line unfortunately but he's a rookie rookies are going to rookie you right. know, but I, I, yeah, just because of the usage alone, you go him over Jamal. Yeah, I would agree. I think uh, the Panthers have shown last year with Mike Davis that they're willing to just hand over the reins to whoever the number two guy is. Um, granted, Mike Davis was kind of a veteran at, you know, at that status, whereas Chuba Hubbard's a rookie. <laughs> yeah. He probably has a shorter leash, leash um, per se, you know, if he starts fumbling or something like that, but. I'd agree. I'd put you a Hubbard. I think, you know, they'll let him kind of do his thing there. Um, 
let, let's just go right into that matchup then. Panthers, Cowboys. Um, Chuba Hubbard, we talked about him. You know, if you have him, if you picked him up on the waiver wire, congrats because you at least got like a three week lease. You yeah. know, um, and that's pr- you know that's pretty average. Like we were talking about with Christian McCaffrey as well. Same with like Dalvin Cook. There's going to be these spurts where these guys miss just because how they play and the usage that they get. You know, they're going to get banged up at some point. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd be playing Chuba Hubbard pretty much. No questions asked. I think yeah. I have one league where I was last in the waivers um in the waiver order um and then i went to the league and no one had picked up chuba hubbard (laughs) you know it was like earlier today and i was like okay i guess i'll just pick him up (laughs) thank (laughs) you you. i had yeah i had to drop like someone decent like i think i had to drop like um who did i drop i think i had to drop like elijah mitchell or not elijah mitchell but um elijah moore jets receiver you know, not like a nasty hit, but like, like yeah, I'll definitely drop him for like you know the usage that I'm going to get out of Chuba Hubbard in redraft, absolutely right. Um, but yeah, you're playing him pretty much no no questions asked unless you have like some stacked running backs, but um, maybe then you consider flexing him. But I think he'll have plenty of opportunity and usage to get get you a decent fantasy day. Um, you mentioned Robbie Anderson, so DJ Moore seems like the clear number one now, you know, with Sam Darnold. Um, Tremble is kind of like the, the news that we talked about where they, like, I think they kind of like what they have in Tremble. I think it's still kind of a dart throw. I'm not like, you know, a lot of people picked up Tremble. He was kind of a hot item, hot waiver item, but like, I'm not picking him up and like throwing him right in my starting lineup. <laughs> no, because I mean, yeah, like you said, you got DJ Moore there. Right. He's going to get a lot of the targets. And then you got Robbie Anderson. And also that Terrace Marshall, he's been doing some pretty good things as well. Dan Arnold in that offense, he wasn't putting up a whole lot of crazy fantasy numbers. You know, a couple of catches here and there. I don't think Tommy Tremble entering the picture, he's going to somehow absorb more targets. You know, I think he's just going to probably put up the same numbers as Dan Arnold for now. Agreed, agreed. Um, so on the other side of the ball, you got Zeke Elliott, you know, going up against a pretty much a pretty brutal matchup. I mean, yeah, the Carolina is giving up five fantasy points to the running back position. They've just been so stingy and granted they have played some awful competition uh, as far as running backs go. They've played like the Texans and, um, who else did they play? Let me see. They haven't played great running backs, but. Nonetheless, it's pretty impressive to uh, they've played the Jets, the Saints, and the Texans. So the only real notable, um, you know, fantasy relevant running back there is Alvin Kamara and the Saints, which was week two. Um, to which the rushing, I mean, they still held, held to- the Saints to a total rushing yards of 48 yards, which is pretty damn good. Yeah, Kamara so, put up seven points. Yeah, so you're not like super excited about playing Zeke again, uh, which he's already had kind of a rough, a rocky start based on the matchups. He had a good week last week, but um, probably don't expect too much out of Zeke this week, yeah. I'd imagine. Um, but do you expect you it to be a high-scoring f- game? Do I expect it? Yeah. Um, no. 
I think both of those defenses are pretty underrated. And while I do love the Dallas offense, and I'm actually higher on the Carolina offense than most, I think I could see this turning into kind of a defensive matchup. A lot of those guys on the defensive side for Dallas have played really good. Micah Parsons showing that he can pretty much instantaneously be like an impact player on defense. So versatile. Yeah. Yeah, he's looked great. And Got him the like Panthers, rushing on the edge now. <laughs> he can do everything. He yep. can cover. Yeah, he, yeah, you're right. Versatile is a perfect word because he can literally do everything from the linebacker position, um, which I think we have one of those in Detroit. You know, I mean, maybe maybe like a Micah Parsons light. With um, I'll take that lower calories. Yeah, <laughs> who's, who's <the laughs> not going to go who's to the, my thighs. Who's the guy? I mean, we just released Jamie Collins. The Lions just released Jamie Collins. Um, but th- they're playing the rookie. Gosh, I can't even remember his name now. What kind of a fan am I? Anyway, we'll move on from that. But yeah, the the Cowboys defense looks good. Panthers defense looks good. I think this is a defensive battle. You th- you see it? You see an offensive scoring matchup? I don't know. Uh, I, I I think it's going to be a low scoring game, just because I think that the the Panthers D are going to. They're, I know they had uh, a loss in the secondary, and I don't. I mean, I don't know if that the uh, that cornerback that they're getting from Jacksonville is just going to be plug and play. I mean, I guess I assume he's going to be thrown in the mix this this week, but they are they're a pretty tough defense. You're not sitting. Any of your, you know, Dallas guys like Amari Cooper or C.D. Lamb or Dak Prescott, unless you have a better alternative. Like, okay, if you have Kyler Murray and Dak Prescott, of course you're going to play Kyler Murray this week, right? You know, but yeah, uh, just ex- uh, yeah, I would say you would expect maybe some lower points than usual. I like agreed. the Panthers D better than uh, Dallas's D right now. They just have more depth, but that Micah Parsons, he's going to get a bag someday. Yeah, he looks really good. He <laughs> yep. looks really, really good. Um, and they've had a tough match. They've had some tough matchups as well. The Cowboys. I mean, I'm never one to want to defend the Cowboys, but like, let's see. Um, they played the Bucks week one. Obviously, they played. Hold on, I'm pulling it up. Played the Eagles last week, um, and the Chargers. You know, those are three pretty tough tough matchups in my opinion i mean they played yeah sorry that's preseason bucks chargers eagles um and the the chargers beat the chiefs last week so they're probably better than a lot of people think mm-hmm. but um yeah i just see this being a kind of a defensive game so from there we'll jump over to let's see where do we want to go where do we want to go so what do you make of the Colts? I mean, Marlon Mack requested a trade that didn't really doesn't really have an effect because he wasn't getting much usage anyways. Um, it's still going to be the Naheem Hines, Jonathan Taylor show. Carson Wentz is just playing against his body's will. Yeah, <laughs> he needs some new ankles. <laughs> he needs a new everything. <laughs> yeah, no. he needs a new brain. Is what <laughs> yeah, the yeah. dude's tough. Yeah. But there's got to be a point. As a GM or as a coach, you just say, uh, you know what? Maybe you should just rest up a little bit, bud. Yeah. At what <laughs> but, point does at what point does being tough become like a detriment to the yeah. team? <laughs> you know? I guess that um, just means they don't like Jacob Eason. 
and whatever right. other options that they have where they're yeah. like, you know what? We have a quarterback that's on peg legs right now. Can't move in the pocket. You know, Augusta wind will blow him over, but we can't start those other guys. Yeah, no, <laughs> no chance. No chance they're starting. And they have Eason and they have, uh, what is it, Hunt- Huntley or what's that guy's name? I can't remember the other guy's name. It's like Huntley or something like that from the Packers, um, who's like a big big body quarterback, running quarterback a little bit. But, yeah, they don't want to play any of those guys. They don't even want to play Carson Wentz, I don't think. They just have to because <laughs> they don't have any other options. That's what they got. Yep. Um, but not super juiced about playing any of the other receivers or anything like that in that game. No, um, Michael Pittman. Like, he seemed like he no. was going to be the one that would absorb the biggest target share. If you have a better option, just start somebody else. Because the Dolphins' D, they're, they're my sleeper low-key good D this year. Once they get their, uh, what was his name? The edge rusher. Is it Jalen Phillips? I think that's his name. Once mm-hmm. they kind of get him in in tune with the with their defensive scheme, he's going to be a sack machine. And they, you know, they have, they have a good secondary. I, I'm I'm thinking the Dolphins are going to just destroy the Colts this week, even with uh, Jacoby Brisket. You know, he looked good last week. Honestly, he, he almost looked he looked almost like an upgrade from Tua a little bit. But like, um, yeah, you get that veteran quarterback in there, and he just settles things down. And the Dolphins' yep. defense plays good enough. I agree. I think they they roll the uh, Colts this week as well. Um, Who do you start, Dolphins uh, wide receiver wise? If any Will of them, Fuller honestly. plays, yeah, I'd play. I'd play any of them. I'd play okay. uh, except maybe Devontae Parker. I have my like doubts against like you know how i have my vendetta against uh Derek carr yeah i have the same vendetta against Devontae parker because he's a guy that i kind of like he had a couple good games last week or last year but it was never the games that i played him in yep <laughs> you know, <it> <laughs> like i would always play him after like one of those hot games and then just get like dudded out and like, like oh this guy done with him um not really his fault but i i do like Jalen waddle um i do like um will fuller if he plays yeah, they have a good team over there, man. If they can just, you know, do the simple things right, um, the defense is good enough. You're right. I think the defense is good enough. Dolphins could get hot, um, but that's really it. Gasecki, I think he comes back a little bit as well. A lot of people probably drafted Gasecki higher than they, well, looking in retrospect, higher than they hoped now. You know, it's like, oh, he hasn't really gave me much, but, like, um, I think he could make a comeback as well from that position. If you have all three, somehow, you have all three Dolphins wide receivers on your team, and you're only going to play one, who do you pick? I go Waddle. Yep, me too. Just because of the target share. Yep. He had some kind of stupid target share last game. And it looks like he deserves it too. Yeah. Like he just looks, you know, he's got the speed. Um, he looks fast. He's young. Just give it to the give it to the playmakers and let him make a play. Will Fuller, he's he could be great, but I think Jalen Waddle has quickly established himself as kind of like the elite receiver of that team. Um, Someone in that root league dropped him, and I scooped him up. I was like, yeah, man, was, you're you, you're really mad because I, I don't <laughs> know if he put up some duds or stump or something, but I think he dropped. I think he he had to drop a wide receiver to pick up. Uh, it might have been Madison. Or one mm. of those hot ticket RBs, or maybe yeah. even like Cordell Patterson. I'm like, oh, I'll just take your trash. Thank you. Yep, yep. 
Yeah, that's a that's a, that's a solid pickup. <laughs> um, those ten person leagues, man. There's so many. <laughs> like sometimes I just go. Yeah, sometimes I just go and look at the waiver or the waivers and be like, wow. This guy's really good. Like I could totally just pick him up and put him right in the lineup. <laughs> you know? Yep. Um, but and then I go back to like our twelve-person dynasty league with twenty-five ro- twenty-five-person rosters, and I'm like, well, there's nothing on here. There's nothing there. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Jalen Waddle for sure, though, for me. So that's that matchup. Let's go to uh, another barn burner. We'll do the Washington Football Team and the Atlanta Falcons. Um, they play the one o'clock game on Sunday. The Falcons have looked bad. The football team has looked decent at times, but overall, I think lackluster. I would say. Yeah, their but, secondary is in trouble. Yeah, the de- I, as far as the defense goes, at least I should say the offense looks fine, even with Heineke. I think Heineke is like a viable streamer at this point, honestly. Oh yeah. Um. But you got Heineke, you got Scary Terry, you got Antonio Gibson, who's shown that he can be like, you know, he was a receiver in college. I don't know why they still try to, you know, vulture touches with J.D. McKissick, but I think they should just, you know, go the CMC route with Antonio Gibson and just open that up. Um, not because I have him in any leagues or anything. just because. <laughs> <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be nice for my team. Yeah, exactly. But Antonio Gibson looks really good. Obviously, you're playing him. Um, Kyle Pitts is getting a lot of routes run. I think he's like fourth as far as tight ends go in the league, as far as um, actual passing routes go. So I think Kyle Pitts is going to get an uptick in his use, or at least as far as his fantasy production is concerned. He's going to get an uptick in that. What he has to um, do is he has to take Julio Jones's old jersey and put it on over his pads. Boom. <laughs> Just get a little fix. juju. Yeah. He, you know, he just needs to get... Because it seems like Matt Ryan just misses Julio. So maybe if he just put his jersey on, Matt Ryan sees the number. He's like, oh, is that Julio? And he'll throw it to him. I actually, I, I like that idea. And I think, like, Calvin Ridley has, like, not looked like like he needs Julio Jones on the roster. Even if he doesn't play, he needs him, like, on the roster just to be, like, as good as he was last year because <laughs> right. he's looked like you know he's got some drops and like they just don't look like they're clicking as much but you're right i think julio maybe was just like the missing like you know voodoo link yeah kind of um, like uh antonio brown the juju smith schuster you yeah know, when brown was on the field schuster was like oh man this guy's gonna be great when antonio brown leaves right then we see he does the milk crate challenge and he does the <laughs> What are those dance? He does like the dances on. The He's TikTok. all over TikTok. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's doing like the, uh, what is it? The, the dabbing. Oh That's yeah, that's not TikTok. Yeah. But you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just we'll edit that out, Ryan. We'll act like you did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ryan he talking does... TikTok. The yeah. dabbing. You sound like a fifty-year-old man. <laughs> you know when they do the dance when they put the arms behind their back. These damn kids are like, <laughs> These they're doing kids. the dabbing. Turn the screen around. Why is the screen so small? <laughs> I can't see the whole... That's the, My dad used to say that about widescreen. He's like, it's cutting the whole movie off. Yeah. It's like, no, dad, it's just the... St- <laughs> You're seeing the same picture. Yeah, it's just the way it's meant to, to be played too. in theaters. Yeah. No, we're missing like 50% of the screen. What the hell? This is stupid. 
Full screen it. <laughs> Put the full screen on. Yeah, it's so true. Oh man, that's great. But uh, yeah, you gotta you gotta be mad if you're if you're a Steelers fan at right right at this point. I would say. Oh boy, ben just looking awful. You got all the receivers doing TikTok dances. The defense has underperformed largely due to TJ Watt. I think kind of being banged up, but yeah, their pass rush is hurting. Yeah, either way, it does not look good to be a Steelers fan right now. Um, Unless so you have Najee. Yeah, Najee looks hey. <laughs> right spot, right? You know, silver if, lining. Seriously, if, like, the whole knock, my knock against him this year was just the line. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. Deontay Johnson's hurt. He's, I, th- I still think he's questionable for this game. I don't think he's going to play. Deontay Johnson's out. He's going to get 100 targets. Like, Najee will absorb those targets because Ben can't throw to Chase Claypool. He can't utilize Ch- like Claypool in the way he needs to be. I mean, you know, yeah, he doesn't Claypool's have the time. a deep threat. Yep. You know, yeah, ex- all, yeah, exactly as well. He, I mean, he has a minute, or I mean, a second to throw. And then he doesn't have the time or the arm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It turns into a pinball game. You just kind of like get knocked around by all the linebackers and defensive linemen. Mm-hmm. And so it's just kind of like, oh, it just yeah, sucks. I think- I think that's a fun game if you have Juju, Najee, um, or really any of the Packers players. <laughs> um, just because I think, like I said, I think the Steelers' defense is just kind of underperformed, and it looks like the Packers are kind of starting to get rolling a little bit. You know, yeah. they came, coming off another kind of big win that they needed. Um, Mason Crosby hitting that game winner, and Aaron Rodgers starting to kind of buy in again. Just look out whenever the Packers get like that because their offense can pretty much just run over whoever. Um, so I think Aaron Jones is great play. You know, yep. um, Devontae Adams obviously is great play. Robert Tanyan, great play. Even uh, Valdez Scantling, MVS, like he's pretty much flashed what he should be this year. You know, he's catching his deep balls. Um, a lot of coverage goes to towards Devontae Adams which frees up, you know, MVS downfield. So I think MVS is even a sneaky uh, flex play this week against the Steelers' defense. Flex them. Yep. Because yep. if Devontae's covered, he doesn't. he's not really targeting Bobby Tanyan like I thought he would. And Scantling is usually getting some targets. And let's and also, the uh, the Packers' offensive line really showed up against the 49ers. I really yep. f- like with Bakhtiari out. I don't remember where he's coming back. And Lin- uh, Corey Lindsay, Lindsley, their stud center gone. They kind of looked like they were struggling the first couple of games, but Rodgers had some time to throw. And the longer you give him the throw, the more dangerous he is. Absolutely. Yep. I think, um, yeah, Bakhtiari's on the PUP list, so he's not going to be even be able to eligible to practice until week seven. Seven. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, so he's he's still out for a while, but you're you're absolutely right. The offensive line for Green Bay has stepped up in a big way. Um you know, they're playing good, the rookies playing good. Like I said, it's just kinda like when the Packers get rolling on offense, it's like it's really hard to defend them in any way. So you're pl- pretty much playing any of those guys and yeah. feeling pretty confident about it. Um yeah, so that's that matchup. Let's go into let's go into Chiefs Eagles. Um, Chiefs are pretty self-explanatory. Eagles defense hasn't looked great. 
you know, pretty much Dallas Dallas had their way with them <laughs> with pretty much whatever they wanted to do. Yeah. Like I think I was playing you in our dynasty league and Dak did not have to score those touchdowns. He literally didn't have to score those. That's why I was so mad at him. Like yeah. he just got so greedy. He just like dude. for going for it on fourth down, like Come on, dude. Like, you're fine. Just take the points and freaking get off the field. Like, you don't have to just launch another <laughs> touchdown. Watching the first half, when Zeke got that touchdown called away, and then mm-hmm. when Dak didn't get in, I was like, okay, that was, those are my two chances to win. Yep. I'm like, it's, they're going to be so far ahead that they're not going to need to pass as much as they need to. And I went to bed for work. I was like, oh, whatever. Then I woke up, and you sent me that double bird from Eli. And I was like, what the <laughs> hell happened last night? Did he? <laughs> and yeah, I He scored narrowly... two more touchdowns after that. Like, <laughs> like what, why what you are you doing? Do yeah. yeah. Like, they're up by, like, 30, and he's, like, out there, like, throwing <laughs> touchdowns still. It's like, come on, dude. It's like he knows. It's like he knows, <laughs> uh, you know. Maybe he has himself on, on a fantasy team. That's what I'm thinking, too, man. I'm <laughs> thinking he was, like, he was out there for the fantasy players, but whatever. I'm over it now. But, yeah, I mean... The Eagles' defense hasn't looked great. I think they, they're they a little banged up, too. Brandon Graham came off for a second last week, but I don't know if that was serious. Uh, I haven't checked on it, but they just haven't looked that great. And the Chiefs coming off a kind of a rocky start. You know, they're going to get rolling at some point, and you really don't want to be the first team to kind of get unleashed on. This might be that game, you know? Yeah. Like, it really might be. So play, play any of the Chiefs and feel feel good about it. Jalen Hurts should be fine. The Chiefs defense hasn't been great either, so they'll probably have to throw to, you know, stay stay close to the Chiefs. So they've Jalen been a dumpster. Pr- exactly. So uh, Jalen Hurts is probably a good play and I don't know. I guess you know, you're playing Miles Sanders cuz where you drafted him. Um I wouldn't be super excited about playing any of the receivers, you know, not named Zach Hurts or um Goddard cuz those guys seem to get plenty of usage, but yeah. What's going to be sucky is if, because I, I definitely agree with the Miles Sanders. You draft him probably kind of high, and you're going to play him. Mm-hmm. If the Chiefs get ahead, you know, early, kind of like how the Cowboys did, they just, it, Miles Sanders disappears because I don't think they trust him as a pass catcher, you know, to set up some kind of like design pass play for him. So he, he could disappear, but I think that they took a lot of criticism this week because of the a few carries that he had, he was averaging some kind of ridiculous yards per carry. So you just hope that they kind of use some more a la like James Robinson. It's like, you have a pretty dynamic runner. You should probably use him. Bingo. You know? Yep. And with I Jalen totally Hurts, you'll get garbage points, you know? Because I, I was reading that a couple of their offensive linemen could be questionable. They got hurt. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, you know, it could affect what, the pass game somehow, but he'll, well, he'll just scramble. Well, fortunately, unfortunately, like that's where, like if you have the Eagles, that's kind of where you're banking on your fantasy points coming from, right? Is being down and they're, you know, kind of dumping off to the tight ends and running backs to save face more or less. But like that's, you know, fantasy points are fantasy points, but yep. not really how you're excited about playing. You know, if you have Miles Sanders, maybe he's, Maybe you drafted him high. If you didn't, then maybe you can flex him, but or at least consider him as a flex. But um, yeah, I mean this should be a fine game just because they're going to be down. But outside of that, no one that you're too excited about playing uh, as far as their Eagles receivers go. 
And then there's one more matchup that I wanted to kind of highlight before we do our heroes and zeros, and that's the Cardinals-Rams. I just kind of find it, you know, interesting. It's a, you know, inner rivalry or inner conference, you know, rivalry per se. You got two kind of high-level, really high-level offenses on both sides. Kyler can do anything, you know, from a quarterback position. Uh, and then Stafford has looked lights out, obviously, since he's, you know, started with the Rams. And the Rams' defense is nasty, and the Cardinals' defense has been pretty good as well. So what do you, what do you make out of that matchup? You definitely start any of their any offensive weapon on any side. I think this is definitely going to be a high-scoring game just because, yeah, the Rams have a super potent defense, but the Cardinals have Kyler Murray. And he's the only he's the only other running back, or I mean, quarterback that I would consider like elite running quarterback. Like if I had to tier the running quarterbacks, it would be Lamar Jackson, just in his own tier, just because no one can run the ball as dynamic as he can, because he has the vision and the instincts of a running back, and he's just he's not as good as Michael Vick was, but he's just that's the Lamar tier, and then below that is Kyler Murray. He he's shifty, and what's good about Kyler Murray is that he can throw better than Lamar can. So it's just they're going to do a lot of things to try to limit Kyler, but he is just so fast and so shifty, and he has a good arm and he has accuracy that I don't think that the Rams are going to have enough to bottle up that offense and what Kyler Murray can do with the amount of weapons that he has. So, I mean, if you have Kyler Murray, you start him. He's, I'm pretty sure he's the number one quarterback. Let me take a look. Yeah, he's yeah, number I think one he right is. now. Yep. He's averaging so, 29 a game. So let me ask you, from, from the receiver standpoint for the Rams, who's the Rams receiver that you'd play not named Cooper Cup? Hmm. I'd say Bobby Trees, old Robert Woods. Just because as... Teams are going to kind of, they're going to start, and it looks like you can't really scheme against the Matthew, or the Matthew Stafford to Cup connection, but they're, teams are going to be creative, and they're going to just take that away from him because that's just been his go-to guy, is Cup. So they're going to say, well, when we scheme against LA this week, we just need to take Cup away from Stafford because that's partly how, that's kind of like how the offense is moving right now is through Cup and Stafford. Cup has more touchdowns in three games than he had all last season. So that's just going to leave more room for targets for, you know, Robert Woods or Deshaun. I can't remember that guy. Who's that? Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, right? Yeah. The dude who's like 30 years old, but he's still still the fastest fastest player on the team. Still burning. So I like Robert Woods in this matchup. Don't bail out on Robert Woods yet. That people are, you know, trying to trade them, just because as, like I said, as the season progresses, teams are going to start figuring out each other, and they're going to say, you know, they're going to have more film and say, okay, you know, let's limit the old cut and Matthew Stafford, and I think things so, will even out for Woods. So I think, I think Robert Woods is the best next option next to Cooper Cup, but. um a guy that I've kind of been interested in watching because watching Stafford for so many years, you kind of like, you know, you kind of like understand how he plays. 
And one thing I've noticed about Stafford is he kind of finds his guys, right? Yeah. Obviously, for a long time, it was Kelvin Johnson. Um, you know, then it was Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. Um, and I feel like Stafford has an affinity for Van Jefferson. Okay. Um, yeah, the receiver out of, uh, where did he play? Mississippi? Is he a rookie? Yeah, he's a rookie this year. Um, so I don't know if that's just like, you know, what I'm seeing, but hold on, let me pull up his targets because when I watch the games, it really seems like he gets targeted, you know, fairly often. He's got, he's got targeted three times against Chicago, three times against uh, Indianapolis, and then six times against Tampa. And Tampa was like a high, you know, they threw a lot in that game, but it just seems like kind of Stafford's finding his guys, right? And yeah. People that have Robert Woods on their team have kind of been like, you know, what the heck? He's not giving me the production that Robert Woods, you know, historically has given. And I think, you know, obviously a part of that is um, he's not, maybe he's not one of Stafford's guys, you know, as much as that's maybe. weird to say, but like. Now that very well um, could be. Yeah, hold on, I'm, I'm pulling it up. So overall, let's see, Robert Woods has actually had 19 targets throughout the first three games. Van Jefferson and Tyler Higby have both had 12. Um, but Robert Woods has had 11 receptions. Van Jefferson's had seven. But Van Jefferson's big play guy, you know, and we know Stafford loves the big play. And, you know, Deshaun Jackson's that too. But Deshaun Jackson, like you said, being 34 years old, I don't know, it's just kind of like a murky... They limit. It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a murky wide receiver two situation. Obviously, Cooper Cup is the clear standout one, but yeah, I'd be kind of like worried about playing any of the other guys. But yeah, you'd probably be fine playing Robert Woods and even Van Jefferson as a dart throw if you're in a twelve team league or fourteen team league. I think Van Jefferson is a viable starter. I consider Woods a flex play, just because as of right now, it looks like. This three-game sample size, you can't stop Cup and Stafford. <laughs> so yeah. we have to see how teams adjust to this. But yeah, but for the time being, like you said, <laughs> there there's Cooper Cup, and then you have some flex plays. With for me on my side, I like Robert just a little bit more. But was it also see where be, it goes? Yeah, it'll also be interesting to see how the um, Rams defense is with a quarterback that's dynamic as Kyler Murray, right? Because yeah. they've they played the Bears with uh, Andy Dalton. They played the Colts with a broken um, Carson Wentz. And they played the Bucks with 44-year-old Tom Brady. So, like, really no mobility yeah. <laughs> from those three matchups. So um, You got the second best in the biz in terms of mobility, you know. Right. In and, and out then, of the pocket, making plays. Right. And then they're in, in a <laughs> division game. And then they're in Seattle next week. So, these next two weeks will kind of kind of be telling for how the Rams defense – or how the Rams – team it really is you know i think just to see how they play against those quarterbacks so we'll see do you start any of the do you start any of the cardinals running backs um yes but i'm not let's happy say I a, about it yeah let's say it's a flex spot standard or ppr pp let's do yeah let's do ppr because that's probably that's the most used i would say yeah, it is. I well then yes, I am gonna play um 
I am going to play Chase Edmonds in PPR. Even though James Conner kind of seems like he's still got, you know, he's still got enough to be the number one on that team. You know, Chase Edmonds has kind of been the proverbial, like, number two running back um, throughout his career up until this point. But, like, James or Chase Edmonds is the pass catching back. He gets more snap percentage. Um, he's heavily targeted in the, in the pass game, you know. He had eight targets last week, five the week before, four the week before. Fairly efficient with those as well. Um, I'd be playing Chase Edmonds in PPR formats, um, especially in this one, right, because I think there's just two high-powered offenses, and you don't want to miss out on, like, a very high-scoring affair, you know. Yeah. You um, kind of want to do that with any of those high-scoring offenses. Right, exactly. So I'd definitely be playing Chase Edmonds. I even would consider playing James Conner. I would be playing James Conner probably in standard formats as a flex um, just because I think he's a sneaky flex there. You know, he gets a goal, the goal line snaps, and he still get, is enough. He gets enough attempts. I mean, he had 11 attempts last week, uh, two touchdowns. Not super efficient with the ball, but, like, you know, he's going to get enough work to be serviceable, you know, in your yeah. lineup. So, yeah, PPR be playing Chase that. Edmonds. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm on the same boat flex wise for either PPR or standard. But then we have uh, what about Rams running back situation? Yeah, so I, guess- I wanted I wanted to talk about this because um, like Daryl Hunnison obviously missed last week. He did practice today, um, but I believe he was limited. Yeah, he was limited in practice on Wednesday. Um, but McVeigh told. Or McFay told the media that the expectation and anticipation is that he'll play week four, but not 100% sure, end quote. So what does that mean? Who knows, right? But, like, if he's practicing even in any capacity, it, it you know, it's trending upwards, right? So, and it's a rib injury, so it really is just going to be based on how he feels, in my opinion. Yeah, it's like pain tolerance because it's right. a cartilage, and, right? Yeah, and I don't think most players... Um, are going to say, no, you know, don't put me in. <laughs> so yeah. I think Daryl Henderson plays, albeit probably a more limited role. Sonny Michelle maybe splits carries with him. Um, not super excited about playing either of those in that matchup. The Cardinals haven't been great against the running backs, I believe. Uh, hold on, let me look. Yeah, so the Cardinals give up average of 17.5 points per game to the running back position. So not great. Nothing, not terrible either, I guess. But um, if you're going based on two running backs that are going to split carries and one of them's kind of potentially injured, you know, I'm just not feeling great about that. I'm, th- I'm the same because <clears throat> I have Hendr- I have them both. Uh, it's in the in the family league I'm in with you. And I'm kind of, it's like, uh, what the hell am I going to do? Right. You know, I started Sony last week, but... If they play Darrell Henderson, like you said, it's going to be limited. And what if he just gets hit wrong? You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. always risky playing a player that's coming off an injury. And Absolutely. Especially but, a Rams running back at this point. You know, yeah, high-powered offense. Yep. Even if you play a player that's getting 50% of the carries. It's just, you do. Mm-hmm. You know? As bad as, it's, as bad as it is, it's you know he does have the rib injury. If you're going to play one or the other, you play Darrell Henderson. He can catch passes. He's good. And you would think that if they're going to allow him to play, 
bet he's going <laughs> to do okay, I guess. It's, so do you play Darrell Henderson or Jamal Williams against the Bears? Henderson. Henderson, huh? Yeah. <sighs> How about Jamal Williams or Chuba Hubbard? Chuba. I like Jamal. Jamal Williams is never 10 in PPR. It's, if you were, <laughs> it's so insane to think about. Mm-hmm. If you would have asked me, you know, four months ago, where do you think Jamal Williams is going to be ranked? Like week three in PPR as a running back. Mm-hmm. I would have been like uh, 42. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, something. Some, right. But if they were playing a defense that was a little softer than Chicago, I would say Jamal. But just because of the matchup, I like Chuba and Henderson in both of those instances. It's a tough call, though, because <laughs> uh, it's so it's almost like they're doing in Detroit. I mean, they're going to do what everyone else is going to do when you have two good backs. Is the Cleveland Browns model where you have right. two great backs and you mm-hmm. utilize them. You know, and that's going to be the future of the NFL, unless you see a Derrick Henry come out of the draft. You know, it's kind of like the smarter way to do it is to have a bunch of backs pay him nothing unfortunately <laughs> yep yep i agree so i got one more for you um a matchup we didn't really talk about too much is um would you play darrell henderson or would you play devin singletary henderson because with in the bills offense i'm kind of liking zach moss over singletary i thought I think- on, let me look really quick i think um, sorry, hold on a second. Hasn't Singletary, like, led the Buffalo offense? Oh, no, he hasn't, no. Yeah. I think he maybe the first week. Yep, you're right. And Zach Moss coming back. He's mm-hmm. kind of becoming fantasy relevant again. Yeah, he is. So he had uh, 13 carries last week, three targets, finished the week with 18 fantasy points, touchdown. So you said, um, was that Zach Moss or... or no, because you said Singletary. So so do Zach Moss then. Zach Moss or Darrell Henderson. Who were the Bills playing again? Bills are playing the Texans. Zach Moss. If the nice. usage stays the same. Mm-hmm. But of course, we're just, you know, we're just guessing. Right. But... Houston, they don't have a great defense. He's also not hurt. And as you were uh, as you were saying, I could even see the way the game playing out with the Rams against the Cardinals. Maybe Henderson taking the first snaps, but then it going into a you know maybe a sixty percent usage in the favor of Sony Michelle into a forty percent snap percentage for Henderson just because he's hurt. Because right. Michelle, he did he did pretty good last week. He didn't, you know, burn the house down, but I think he put up, you know, a res- like 60 yards or something like that. He did what he had to do, and he's not hurt. So, yeah, I like Zach Moss in that instance. I like the logic. I do like the logic. I'm going um, Darrell Henderson for me. It's a little bit of a riskier play, but I think his ceiling is just higher than Zach Moss. I think Zach Moss's ceiling is what he gave you last week. Um, and that's like best case scenario, right? Even against a bad defense, I think Darrell Henderson, however, could you know just with that offense, how how skilled it is, and you know, like we talked about, if that's a high scoring game, you know, maybe Darrell Henderson comes out of that with two touchdowns and 
you know, six receptions or something like that, that would be yeah. ideal. But I just think the ceiling's higher, okay. uh, especially with Devin Singletary. And we know how the Bills like, use the running backs. But I, I, I like it either way. Either one of those are good plays in my in my eyes. All right. About. Yep. So um, with that, let's get into our heroes and zeros of the week. Um, let's start with our heroes this week. Um, do you want to start, or how you feeling? I, I can go with it, yeah. All right. So my hero is going to be Corey Davis of the New York Football Jets. I'm looking for him to have a bounce-back game against his former team, the Titans, whose secondary is kind of like a Swiss cheese. You did mention before the podcast, Jamison Crowder coming back. So that could factor into it a little bit, but I like I like Corey Davis as the number one target for Zach Wilson. And I think Zach Wilson is a lot more talented than what is we've seen on film just because of the level. Yeah, it's been bad. Of, it's been bad. The level of defenses that he's played against. Um, but kind of like with Trevor Lawrence, when it looks bad, it looks bad. But he shows flashes of playmaking, you know, rolling out of the pocket, making some really great throws to receivers that then just drop the ball. Like there was a really good play last week where almost went down in the pocket, kind of weaseled his way out, made a throw on the run. And I think it was Corey Davis that just dropped a really nice ball. And he, you know, uh, Zach Wilson kind of threw like on the run. It was a almost Patrick Mahomes type play. So I do like those flashes that he's shown. And against the type, the Titans' defense, he's going to do a lot better. His first game, he put up, I think Zach Wilson put up 17 points. It was against a soft D, kind of. But just with Corey Davis' target share and how bad he did last week, I kind of like his bounce back against that former team. You know, I want to show up against the uh, team that let me go. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot, actually. You know, like you said, that he played Car- he played at Carolina, then he played New England, and then he played at Denver. Like, three gauntlet defenses, right? Um, and he's looked every ounce like a rookie quarterback. <laughs> you know, just throwing four interceptions, one interception, four interceptions, two interceptions. Not looked great, but I think you're right. He bounces back, and um, Corey Davis should have plenty of work um, in that offense. So, I like he's it. He's playing wild. Yep, yeah, he is, and he's got to get it rolling <laughs> soon. Yeah, because it looks it looks bad in in uh, Jets 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 land. Um, so my hero of the week, staying with the wide receiver, well, wide receivers with the wide receivers, it's gonna be Odell Beckham Jr., the man. Right, everyone remembers the catch, how great he was in New York with the Giants. Maybe he's not that great anymore, but he is still very, very good. And with Jarvis Landry on the IR, um, Odell had plenty of targets last week. He had nine targets. You pair that with the Vikings defense, who is the third worst against the wide receiver position. Uh, Yeah, I think Odell is going to have plenty of work to be extremely fantasy relevant this week and carry your team. Um, So if you have him on your bench, you know, consider flexing Odell this week. He's going to get 12 targets easily like he's gonna get a big amount of the target share of that game because i think the vikings are gonna score a lot of points on the browns 
as good as the Browns' defense can be, their secondary isn't as good as their, you know, as their pass rush. So, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. And yeah, look for Beckham Jr. to get at least like 11, 12 targets this game, and that's what you want. You want a wide receiver that's going to get targets. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, so then we'll go to our zeros for the week. I'll start with this one. Not too much of a hot take here, um, but my zero of the week is going to be Buccaneers running backs. Either that's Leonard Fournette or Ronald Jones. Um, you know, that long-anticipated revenge game for Tom Brady, going back to Foxborough, um, playing against his former team, the Patriots, Bill Belichick. I think Tom Brady really wants to put it on the Patriots. Um you know, only the way that Tom Brady can, and that's just like kind of throwing the ball around and pretty much going to Foxborough to show Bill what he could have done, you know, if Bill kind of loosened the reins a little bit. Um, granted, they were winning all those champions championships, so why does it matter? But I think Tom Brady's just got kind of like, you know, his he's got, you know, autonomy to do whatever he wants in that offense with the Bucks. And I think this week he really wants to just put a stamp on the Patriots. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I wouldn't be I wouldn't be too excited about playing the Patriots or the excuse me the Buccaneers running backs. Um, and not just that, but the Patriots have been pretty good against the running backs anyway. They only give up an average of 16 points a game. Um, so you know, pair that with Tom Brady wanting to put it on them. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be playing the Patriots or the excuse me the Buccaneers running backs this week. Yep, I'm on that. Just because Tampa Bay, their secondary, is soft as an infant's skull right now. Like, it's super soft. So, I expect Mac Jones to throw a lot better this game. And I expect him to score some points on Tampa. And like you said, I I expect Brady to air it out. He's going to air it out. I like it. I like it. So, uh, who's your zero for this week, Ray? Some people might be upset, but my zero is going to be running back for Baltimore, Tyson Williams. He's going to be a zero. If you are still holding out hope that Tyson is the J.K. Dobbins replacement, I think it's time to give up. Now, it's always been a muddled backfield in Baltimore because they usually have three, four running backs, and the number one is always Lamar Jackson. He is the number one running back. So it's oh, it was always going to be Lamar vulturing touchdowns. Now, I'm just saying this uh, because of the matchup. Uh, what else did I have here? Yeah, it's the Broncos. So they're like either first or second against the run. They are second against the running second. back position. Yep. So they're, they're second against the run. Did Tyson show some flashes absolutely but with the usage that's kind of going down right now i think that it's like a 30 you know 30 ish 30 ish 30 ish split between him devonta freeman and uh, latavius murray and sometimes i from the i think you know who got the most usage during the lions game because i think it was latavius so so Tyson Williams was had fifty percent of the snaps, but only five carries. 
whereas Latavius Murray um, was on the field for 33% of the snaps, and he had seven carries. Um, and Devontae Freeman had three carries, but he also had um, more targets. So I, I actually really like this pick for a zero as well, and he was one of my heroes last week, you know, thinking that he would kind of eat on the Lions' defense, which the Lions' defense has shown that they are actually better than a lot of people gave credit for, including myself as a Lions fan. Um, but I think you're right. I think they are kind of taking a step back, the the Ravens are, and thinking, okay, yes, we got the young guy here. He was fourth in line on our original roster. Latavius Murray has shown that he can kind of you know, step into that number one role. And it's only going to get worse for Tyson Williams from this point on, in my opinion, uh, as far as usage goes, just because Tavis Murray is the vet, you know, he's played in high powered offense before he still has the flashes. Um, and he's better in, you know, pass blocking scenarios as well. So he's just going to see more field as the time goes on. So yeah, I yeah. really like, I really like this pick for a zero as well. And, and like you said, Denver Broncos number two against the running back position, giving up 5.6 fantasy points to the running back so like pretty what? much nothing yeah pretty much nothing so yeah don't play really don't play any of the ravens running backs not name lamar jackson and if you <laughs> if there's someone in your league that's high on tyson williams try to trade like mm-hmm. see if you can get something out of them because there there are some people that are still drinking the kool-aid or they're on that hopium where he would take the jk dobbins role eventually try to capitalize off of it and get something out of it if you picked him up off the waiver wire. Because even people are, were so high on J.K. Dobbins, mm-hmm. which, it's, I mean, it's understandable. The running back himself is great, but given the usage, that the way that they use their running backs, he's not he wasn't going to be used as a bell cow in the first place. You know, it just, it just wasn't going to happen in that, in that offense. You know, so there's that. Absolutely, absolutely. I like it. Um, so we'll wrap it up there. Um, we are the Three Fantasy Boys Podcast. You can find us on Apple Music, uh, Google uh, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, uh, as well as YouTube. We're, have, we're on, also on Instagram and Facebook. Find us anywhere. Um, I'm on Twitter at Motor City Mikey. Um, that's Ryan Sams, and I am Mikey Mize. Y'all have a good week, and don't forget Peace. to take those. Take, don't don't forget to take those flex players. Uh, don't forget to take those Thursday night guys out of your flex spot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. All right. Y'all have a good week. Bye. Have a good one.